Welcome to a special weekend edition of the President's Daily Brief. I'm your host, Mike Baker. Today, we're doing something a bit different. Instead of the usual format, I'll be sitting down with the first TV's Mike Slater. We spent about 10 minutes this week doing a deep dive into the current risk of terrorist attacks on American soil and what the U.S. government should be doing to protect us. All right, let's get right into it. Mike, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. How high would you rate our risk of a terrorist attack here in America? Well, I've never been a, a fan of the of the color coding, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it, there's too much of a range in there. And, and, and besides, people, people, you know, they, they get kind of immune to, you know, the terrorist threat level. Everybody came out of the global war on terror and people are frankly just fatigued. And so I think a lot of folks are surprised by the fact that we're talking about this again. Uh, but the reality is a terrorist threat never goes away. So at a certain point, if you want to think about it on a scale of, say, one to five, um, then we have elevated, say we're at, you know, a two. You can never stay at a high level, right? People just can't do it. Um, but from a local law enforcement, state and federal law enforcement perspective in the intel community, if, say, we were at a two, you know, no, no obvious chatter, no real indications out there. We're not picking up anything, but you know, the, you know, the threat always exists. We're elevated now to a three because we've got a significant issue, right? And anytime you've got chaos like what's going on in the Middle East right now, uh, that chaos is exactly what terror groups are looking for, and they're always looking to maximize those opportunities. What is a sleeper cell? We've heard this term, and I think we all have a vision in our brain, like we're making a movie in our head about what a sleeper cell looks like. How should we visualize that? Yeah, you know what, it, it depends. It, it, it has different connotations um, when you are talking about you know, different concerns. So like when you're talking about counterintelligence, right, or espionage, then people can, maybe they saw the, the TV show, The Americans, right? That's an example of a sleeper cell. And, and the Russians, you know, over the years, the Chinese, others have done that very well. You basically are putting people in to the fabric of society in another country that you're targeting. And those people are basically with very little, you know, condensed time frame. You could be talking about decades. They establish themselves. They're just your neighbors. Um, they're getting a job. Maybe they get another job eventually. Maybe they get a job at an interesting company, meaning that they're producing something. It doesn't have to be a government-based company. It could be doing anything, pharmaceuticals, uh, new formula for uh, material science. It could be anything. So that's one type of sleeper cell. When you're talking about the terror threat, it's, uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, but what they're still doing is they're looking for those cooperative contacts within a community where they already exist and they live and they're part of that fabric and they're in the country, right? That's what you want. You want somebody who isn't on anybody's radar. And then what you do is if they're not already cooperative or sympathetic, right? And maybe you've learned as a terror group, they're sympathetic because you've been paying attention to their social media, you know, then you draw them in. And, you know, that depends on how heavy a lift that is, is depends on how sympathetic they are to that particular terror group's, you know, cause. Hmm. We've seen a lot of sympathy in these last uh, couple of weeks and months here towards the terrorism. Yeah, yeah, a shocking amount. Uh, I, I didn't know there were so many Palestinian flags in my country. Um, what are the capabilities of the CIA? And what, what is the CIA not capable 
of doing. Not, I don't mean critical. It's just like, oh, like we just can't do this or don't know, or these are unknown things that we can't do, just humans can't do. So what are we on top of and what can't we be on top of as a CIA officer? Right. Well, and, and look, the, the focus for the agency is always overseas, right? So you have to think about this as sort of this, this task force that exists. And and now after 9-11, look, before 9-11, that task force concept wasn't necessarily as, as efficient, obviously, as it should have been in terms of the, the Bureau, NSA, the agency and others working together, sharing information. Over the years since 9-11, uh, we've had a lot more experience doing that. We've become much better at not siloing our information. So the agency's focus is overseas. They feed intelligence on concerns, on terror groups, on individuals, on activities uh, into this, this task force, essentially, right? NSA is doing the same with communications intercepts that they're picking up. And, you know, the SIGINT that we talk about, signals intelligence, uh, and that goes in. And, and then you've got the FBI and, and state and local law enforcement, and they're working domestically within the U.S. to act on that. Right, to identify if you do, as you pointed out, sleeper cell, if you've got somebody who's in communication with a known terrorist target overseas, say that the agency is watching along with our liaison partners, then that individual suddenly becomes a, a, a target of interest here in the States because he's in contact with a terrorist group. You would assume, you know, that, you know, the U.S. population would want us doing that. Right. Uh, sometimes people get squirrely with, you know, civil rights and everything. But at the end of the day, if you've got verifiable intelligence that shows that individual is talking to a terrorist group, then yeah, you better be on it. Uh, the agency is, is very good at this. It's a human endeavor, right? And so it's, you never get the risk down to zero. Uh, but we, uh, you know, I would, I would argue, of course, I'm subjective. I would argue the agency is the best intel organization on the planet. Yeah, totally. And I just, there's, it's a big country and it's a big world. And as you said, we're dealing with humans here. So things are yeah. going to not cross over, communicate properly, and there's going to be holes. And I just worry that something's going to fall through one of those holes. That's how that would happen, probably. Um, well, look, what in southern what? Israel, Go ahead. Uh, with the attack on 7 October, is an example of how you can have a, a well, a, a massive you know, intel failure. And they've been doing a hot wash on that ever since 7 October uh, to understand how that happened, what pieces you miss. Right? And, and, and what bits and, and, and pieces of intel that at the time seemed of no consequence. But when you put them all together yes. and you step back, yes. right, and suddenly maybe you see a picture. It's the same with 9-11, leading up to 9-11, right? There were pieces of intel missed, not necessarily because we didn't have them in our hands, but we didn't understand the, the value of them, right? And we weren't adding them to other bits and pieces of intel that were coming in from a variety of sources, whether it was human intelligence, SIGINT, whatever it might be. And so that's a problem. But yeah, you never get this yeah. down to zero. But I guess going back to your original question, where are we on the alert scale? I'll be honest with you, the intel community and, and law enforcement, you know, they're always up, you know, near the top of the alert scale because they understand that the threat never goes away. And that's the job, right? And you, but, you know, from a public perception, you can't be up there. Public perception, people walking around the streets doing their daily lives, you know, you know pay attention but you can't expect the general public to be at a high level of alert all the time. I think that's right. We've got about 30 seconds. It's a tough question for 30 seconds, Mike, but uh, the 150 or so people who have come across our border that we've caught that are on the terror watch list, how concerned about them should we be? Like, what is it? Is it a high bar to get on the terror watch list? Or is it just someone from Somalia that maybe has a cousin or something? I don't know. Like, what does it take to yeah. get on that list? 
it's something we should be very concerned about. And more than, than those individuals that we've encountered, we need to be concerned about the, an unknown number of people that we haven't encountered, right? I mean, if a conservative estimate over the past couple of years is that we've got a million and a half gotaways, right? Then in that case, you know, you imagine that within a million and a half gotaways, there's probably some people coming in here that would be considered special interest aliens or from countries that support or promote terrorism. Whether we're talking about Syria, Iran, uh, it doesn't matter, Yemen. So yes, the answer to your question in 30 seconds is people should be very concerned. Yeah, Mike Baker, go listen every day to the President's Daily Brief. It's one of the top news podcasts on Spotify and everywhere else, that President's Daily Brief. Mike, great to talk to you, brother, appreciate it. Thank you, brother, appreciate you. That was my interview with Mike Slater. I hope you found our discussion enlightening and informative. A huge thanks to Mike for providing his unique perspective. As always, your understanding of world events is crucial, and I'm honored to be a part of that journey with you. If you enjoyed the interview and you'd like us to make this a regular feature of the podcast, shoot me an email at pdb at thefirsttv.com. Thank you for tuning in to this special edition of the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker. I'll be back on Monday. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool.